Welcome to the Fizzle Show. This is The Fizzle Show, a weekly talk show for those of us who want to do great work, put a dent in the universe, and hopefully earn a living doing something that we care about. Every Friday, we publish another conversation about entrepreneurship, building a thriving audience, and the battle of doing this kind of work for a living day in and day out. Your hosts are Barrett Brooks, Steph Crowder, Corbett Barr, and me, Chase Reeves. We run Fizzle.co, where new and used entrepreneurs learn how to create, develop, and grow a small business in the modern age. Membership costs about a dollar a day, but as a listener, you can try your first five whole weeks on us absolutely for free when you go to fizzle.co slash try five. In this episode, here's a quote. If you told me six months ago that this would be possible, I'd say no way. That's a quote from Fizzler Adam, who took his expertise, he developed a few small, small products, pre-sold those using Gumroad, and, and, and made the things that actually worked out. And now he finds himself here. After about three and a half weeks, he's made $25,000 and he's completely overwhelmed. <laughs> So in this episode, we share the details of Adam's story, uh, some of the reasons why we think he's been so successful, and our advice on what to do when you're completely overwhelmed by your business. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 141. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. Woo! Oh, and we're back! You know what that sound is, folks? That is the sound of fresh lacra. Lacra, the choice of a new generation of people who don't drink soda anymore because, I mean, come on, high fructose corn syrup. This episode is brought to you by Lacra. Hey, but just exercise more and it'll negate the effects. Hey, I'm Billy down in Louisiana. I want to tell you a little bit about Lacroix. It's one of my favorite soft drinks. Not, it's not soft drink. It's hard. Oh, a, we're coming wrong, in hot. That was the wrong character <laughs> for Lacroix. We, we are coming in hot. He doesn't drink Lacroix. <laughs> I love, uh, I love following up with people who I know listen to the show, and they're like, "Man, for a while I thought you guys really had a sponsor." <laughs> really? Yeah, just for a second. Now the uh, people wondering, "Hey, I want to drink something, but I don't want to be sugary, and I don't, and I want some bubbles." That's when you go with the lacra. Uh, my personal <laughs> favorite is right now, there is, uh, what is it? Oh, oh, the pineapple strawberry is really good. Out of possible 47 alligators, I give it 39 alligators. Wait, uh, no. Black- la, 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 la. Blackberry cucumber. <laughs> That is the number one. What? What? No! What? No! Get out of here! What is, is that? Is that one of the new the new? It's curate? the curate. It's. <laughs> I think you're thinking of curate. <laughs> um, listen, there's a little bit of a little bit of follow up from the last week's episode where we oh, talked man, about defining your own success, which which I saw today. Uh, Fizzler Sean Blanc, friend of the show, uh, said that sh- that episode should be required listening for all entrepreneurs. Oh, did he say yeah. that? Mm-hmm. I thought he just said required listening, and I was like, for who? Yeah, no, I, I think. Well, I don't know. Maybe, I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm adding words. Did say required required listening. required listening, regardless. Uh, little one of my favorite pieces of feedback yep, from yep. last week. I is can't wait for this one, Nick. In the uh, in the comments here of last episode, this is uh, fizzleshow.co slash one forty. If you haven't listened to that episode on defining your own success, it's killer. Uh, Nick says, loyal longtime listener here who never misses an episode. All of your episodes are terrific, but some are true classic classics worthy of multiple listens. Fifteen minutes into episode forty, I had already christened it a classic of classics. And then Barrett spoke. <laughs> Way to harsh my mellow, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Chase did like a soccer goal celebration after he read that one. I was like, yes, yes. God, I just slid. Yeah, I just ran. Sliding. It wasn't about me. You slid and ripped yeah. your shirt off on the turf. Seriously, every negative review about the show, if there is one, is about like eh, Chase talks a lot, <laughs> like a lot. And this time it was like Bear was a little mean. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> and then my response was, I don't know whether to be happy or sad about this, Nick. Either way, thank you. Barrett said, oh, no, sorry if I ruined it for you, Nick. And he said, Nick says, not a problem. The first 15 minutes were incredible. <laughs> <laughs> a buzzkill. Oh, oh, I love man. it. Oh, goodness gracious. You guys, we, we should do this uh, from time to time. If there's funny commentary on the comments from the last episode that, uh-huh. that comes to mind, we'll do a little follow-up, uh, as, as they call it in the industry. Uh, my friend Mike Hurley calls it FU, I believe. Uh, FU. In the, the FU. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of parlance in the world 
of, of podcast. So today we're going to talk about something different than just uh, the comments that you people leave on our on our show. Uh, again, you can leave comments on you every people. show. And you people have done a great job giving us more reviews on iTunes. And, we're, and now I've got, a, I've got a bigger goal. I'm, I'm not going to tell you what it is until a little bit later. But I want to get more global reviews. 60,000 reviews. Uh, we, we, went, we hit 500 already. So this should be relatively simple. Pretty much a breeze. Um, so, Steph, give us an overview here of what we're going to dive into and talk about today. Yeah. Okay, cool. So this is going to be another little <laughs> customer story uh, episode where we talk about a specific situation. I'm excited to talk about this one because we've done a few of these recently where we break down, you know, things that are going on with our customers. We've talked about self-doubt. We've talked about how to get started when you need to hit your minimum viable income. But we haven't talked a lot about people who are a little bit further along and are kind of doing this dance between rapid success and trying to figure out how to scale and get to a point where they're sustainable. So that's that's sort of the background for, for the scenario that I'm about to lay for everybody here today. I'm going to read part of it and then I'm going to give like a quick little recap of a few additional details too. So this is from a fizzler named Adam. Adam says, all right, y'all, life has been crazy the past couple weeks and months. I started at my website the first week of September and started growing my mailing list and trying out some MVPs or minimum viable products to see how they connected with the audience I was reaching. That was all going well. And then I was gearing up for Advent and uh, so just quick pause here. This particular fizzler does some pro uh, products that are kind of geared towards churches and Christian families. So he, Advent was a big deal for the products that he was creating. He says, December launching some giant coloring posters and some resource materials in addition for churches and in addition for families. That all has really taken off thanks to some sending out freebies to big name social media folks in my niche, getting the right folks on board and just getting the word out. I started pre-sales on November 4th and the products went live November 16th. As of tonight, according to Gumroad, I've brought in a little bit over $25,000 in the past three and a half weeks, which is awesome. He says, if you told me six months ago that this would, was, would be possible, I'd have said no way. Anyway, things are still going great sales wise, but now I'm feeling overwhelmed and I don't know how to get it all done. So that's the background. Here are a couple additional intricacies that are specific to Adam. He says, Ooh, intricacies. 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 Ooh, you guys man. ready to get intricate? It's very important to know when you talk to a lady, you never always know about the intricacies of regular <laughs> communication. You don't be rude. You don't be mean. Uh, okay, keep going. Thank you. <laughs> God. Sorry, I just wanted to share that with anybody who didn't know that about ladies. Don't be rude and don't be mean. Chase is properly caffeinated today, depending on your definition <laughs> of properly. on with the show. Oh, I love it. Okay, so he says Adam's stuff is mostly digital, but his big ticket item is a physical poster. And while it's made a huge part of the money that he's brought in, it's been a pain because he has to mail it. There's logistics. He's got to tape poster tubes. It's kind of a whole process. He also says he needs to work on the next resources to be done on January 20th while he's juggling mailing all these posters. He's losing 30 tubes with no tracking data. So he's got a lot of stress as he tries to wrap this project up and move on to the projects that he wants to tackle in January. He says he feels like he needs help and he wants to hire, but he hasn't even been able to meet with a CPA just yet. And he's got to make sure he has all of those ducks in a row. And finally, he's kind of struggling with the trade-off between, you know, do I just move away from the stuff that's time-consuming or do I find somebody to help? But then he also has fears around whether that person would be able to do it, quote, the way I would do it. So those are some of the details specific to Adam's situation as of now. So it sounds like it's a, it's a, a, a case of, of, oh, no, I got really successful. Is that yep. am I kind of summarizing it okay? Exactly. Oh, no, I got really successful and... uh that success led to a lot of work that I have to do, like just yeah. physical. The best part of this is the photo that accompanies yeah. it with Adam smiling in front of a bunch of uh, tubes that he's about to ship through the post office. Totally. We're going to have to put that one in the show notes. I will. I will. I definitely will. Um, okay. So where do you guys want to go with this? Ooh. All right. So what questions do we have here? He's asking a lot about hiring, right? And mm -hmm. get some help. Yeah, so there's, and I love, by the way, this is a, recently we've updated our, our forum software. And so now you can, uh, you can actually like upvote answers to things. And I love that the, the first two responses here have been upvoted quite a bit from, yeah. from members and stuff. Um, and seeing, seeing some of the responses there 
I don't know. It's just the first, it's, it's one of the first times where I see how useful this is. I was so excited to release that, you know, and actually publish that, that feature, but to be able to actually see like these two great, like it's a long thread to see these great responses being moved up to the top by fizzlers going like, Oh yeah, these are good ideas. These are good ideas. Yeah, totally. And this is awesome, right? Because, you know, a lot of times we talk about how hard entrepreneurship is and not that Adam hasn't worked hard. And of course there's no overnight success. There's a long backstory that leads up to this, but it's just really fun when this sort of thing happens. And, um, and you have, you know, a lot of times we have unexpected things happen to the downside. It's cool when unexpected things happen to the upside. Totally. The first thing I want to note here is, um, we just got done doing this big batch of customer interviews with people who kind of represent the core of our customer base. And one of the big takeaways for me from these like 30 interviews that we did was so many of the people who stick around fizzle and really, really move through the process of building a business, have some kind of expertise going into Mm -hmm. it. And so they've already spent years and years, or at least some period of time, developing some level of expertise. And Corbett, you had a project called Expert Enough at one time. And the idea behind that was just enough to be dangerous, basically, just enough of a skill set, just enough of a knowledge base to know more than the average person. Mm -hmm. In this case, Adam's got some incredible skills under his belt that are leading into this product. And so I just want to note that up front, that Adam turned a thing he was already good at into a business opportunity. He didn't say, I want to start a business and then try and build a skill set and build a business at the same time. Yeah, he knew how to, he was an illustrator before he built this business. Exactly. And I just, I love that because to your point, it, it speaks to that idea that he's been doing a lot to prepare for this moment all along even though he wasn't technically an entrepreneur for part of that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to realize. And on, on top of that too, I think Adam has such a unique business, you know, that he's created here. He's creating this product that's very specific for churches and for Christian families. We actually talked a little bit about Adam's business in uh, episode 129, the art of low competition business ideas. And Adam's business was mm. one of those. So in that episode, if you're interested, we talk a lot about different kinds of business models and business ideas outside of the you know classic personal development. So it's really interesting what can happen when you find that specific need, that specific group of people that really want something and then give it to them. And that's exactly what Adam has Maybe, done. Uh- Maybe a little validation for us choosing that as a I low know, competition right? business that idea. Was, and that, that definitely you know. was before this whole deal happened. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, I think uh, it might have been us that really tips the scale. <laughs> Barrett's trying to, I think he's brushing his shoulder I'm off. patting myself oh. on the back <laughs> while I, I'll brush my shoulder off. <laughs> so uh, I was looking for, I was trying to find Hotline Bling in my head, but I can't mm. find the melody. <laughs> I can use it like that. <laughs> the metronome sound, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um so one of the things that he let's 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 talk about some of like a lot of people listening to this like are like oh i really wish i was in that situation i really wish that i had too many things to ship out and i didn't know how to do it because i had just made uh, however many thousands of dollars that he just made that that month right yep how and and the only clue that i really see in this besides uh, a couple things that we just mentioned right he was already an illustrator before and he'd been working on that for a while speaking of which like actually i Father Apprentice, 2010. There's an article uh, there where Adam used to be a reader of Father Apprentice way, way, way back in the day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And he, uh, he, uh, there's a, I, I was like, I know, I know that he was. I'm 2010. Pretty, so yeah, he was a comment Barrett, on. Were you even out of diapers then? No, I don't even know if I was born. So he was already paying attention to the blog world or whatever. And that must have been how uh, he, he found out about Father Apprentice was because yeah. I was already designing sites and, and then I was promoting Father Apprentice. But, um, so he, he, this isn't his first. Like it's not like he just like woke up and was like, okay, I'm gonna quit my job yeah. and do this stuff, sure. right? He he's really been developing that expertise that we talk about a lot. Barrett has this great post uh, on the two kinds of expertise and why you need them, and um, and so I'll put that in the show notes as well. So he's been doing the work, right, uh, to get good at illustration and do and do all this sort of stuff. He picked a great niche. He, he did enough focusing to go like, oh, this is super valuable for families who want to like find activities to do with kids that are related to the holiday season, to to the to the more like meaningful things about the holiday season to a lot of evangelicals and stuff, right? So one point about that before mm-hmm. you keep going is that he had this overall topic of kind of Christian illustration for kids. Yeah. And then he, for this specific product, he focused on a particular problem or opportunity or want or desire, whatever you want to call it. Uh And so there is some elements of that where the topic is overarching and then specific products can solve. He kind of niched down from there even. Exactly. Yeah. So he focused on this Advent season as one subset of things. I love this as well because he's essentially an artist and, and he just 
earn 25k in in three weeks but art you're supposed to be starving an artist right like that's supposed to be what you're supposed to do if you want to be you know so so we've got we've got definitely those those two things working for him uh contributing to his success then he mentioned uh somewhere in here that he had gotten a little bit of play from some influencers uh in social media he mentioned which is interesting because I don't, I don't even need to know the details. Steph, do you know if there's more details on on that that he I don't gets need into? To, Steph, do you have the details? <laughs> Just you no. Know, I figured I figured we don't know any of the like the real details about it, but it's enough to go on right there to go like, okay, there's this is a real thing. You can actually get influencers into your thing when you have the expertise and when you've picked the right niche and you have it like like the the fact that it's an advent thing is is really important. Yeah, this is a special time of year that everybody gets kind of fired up about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? Do you remember uh, if in another another thread that he he talked about how how kind of this came about? You know, I don't have really specific details, but I will just reiterate one thing from this post. He does say that he sent out freebies to big name social media people in his niche. So combination mm-hmm. of you know giving people who have influence in his niche a reason to promote him or to get in touch with his work or get familiar with his work via freebies. and that requires a that requires an a, number one knowledge of who those people are and number two like the work to get something actually in production and, mm-hmm. and printed off and yep. and shippable and then number three the ability to, sh- to have shipped it to them right you've got something to send them you've identified who they are and it's it's nice when you get a special thing in the mail that's like hey this, this is kind of cute you it know is, but also the topic that he's or you know his niche or whatever is may maybe one where these social media people aren't being bombarded every probably day not people like pitching things right and uh what he sent them is most likely very unique in that space mm-hmm. right. you know it's like yeah i don't know about you guys but i get books sent to the house all the time yeah. and if it's a friend great but if it's just you know somebody from you know penguin or something decided that yeah i should be on some list and they yeah. send me advanced copies of books I don't have time to read all those books. I'm not going to just magically like get a book and then suddenly be like a huge. I mean, uh, come on! I'm in the middle of Dune. I'm not going to put this down for for this silly thing on like ten ways to do yeah. something. I'm hmm. reading about heart plugs. Yeah, what? Isn't that in Dune? Heart plugs? Yeah, can't remember. Okay. Oh man, I am in the middle of Dune. Oh, and right. it's amazing. You guys, Dune is an incredible book. No, no, let's <laughs> hold. Let's let's hold on. Hold let's on. let's right. do that for a second. Dune is amazing. If anybody's into sci- sci-fi, you've already read it. I'm into sci-fi. I hadn't read it yet. So I'm excited to be a grown man getting to read it for the first time. It's my next series on deck. <sighs> it's good. I, uh, by the way, the, what I've heard is just do the one. At most, do the trilogy. Mm. But there's, it goes further. Okay, that, that, that's, that's a glimpse into my life. Yeah, and, and just hold on. I, I just want to point out that uh, heart plugs are number three on the list of ten things that David Lynch needlessly added, it, added to Dune. So... Oh, maybe it was just in the film. <laughs> maybe it was go. just in the film. Yeah. So yeah. the point being, which uh, hold on, another thing about Dune. <laughs> if you haven't seen Yodorowsky's Dune, oh god, that was amazing. It's the mo- It's probably one of my the one of the most impactful documentaries I've ever seen. Wait, wait, wait. it wasn't Dune. Uh, Yodorowsky's Dune. He was making the movie Dune. I'll put it in the show notes. If you have not seen the documentary Yodorowsky's Dune, it starts with a J, which is pronounced Yodorowsky. Uh, it's unbelievable it's literally one of my favorite documentaries i've ever seen made beautifully about a crazy person who nails what it's like to be a creative in and make things oh my god this is bringing something up noise yeah this is bringing something up i saw a movie about a guy who um what was that uh what was that movie with marlon brando and val kilmer heat no heat (laughs) i like where this is going though Hold on. This is important. This is important. I hope somebody out there is listening. They're like, oh my God, I know it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to put the trailer for Yodorowsky's Dunes in the, in, in the show notes because the it's The Island incredible. of Dr. Moreau. Oh, There's Dr. Moreau. There's another documentary oh, yeah. about Oh yeah, the making director. of, of yes. Dr. Moreau. Uh, yeah. I've, and I haven't seen that one. I heard oh, that, that one's really amazing good. Too. I can't wait. Right. Look at this. Just a bunch of white guys getting fired up about documentaries. <laughs> great documentary about a horrible movie. Dude, there there's so many great documentaries, but Yodorowsky's Dune's incredible. Dune the book is incredible. Sounds like the Island Dr. Moreau documentary is incredible. And I'd just like to say thank you to Lockroy for sponsoring this episode of the show. I was going to say, <laughs> I feel like creepy, I have a good bit it? in common with you guys, and you really could be speaking another language. I'm very confused. I, 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 you know what? That's <laughs> the probably, Island of Dr. This Monroe is, was a creepy movie. Yeah, that this was This is creepy. what happens when you complain about the intro going too long. Yeah. <laughs> it just gets pushed to later. It just gets the, pushed to later. Yeah. yeah. No, that's okay. Up. That's okay. No, listen, then we just, we just Fine. off It all goes back to the original point that sparked all of this was that he picked a niche where people aren't getting bombarded constantly yes. with things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and this was a, this was a, a bunch of stuff leading up to why why 
I, I'm I'm interested as someone who's making something and wants to be this successful and have this problem of like, oh, I, I need help to help me sell it, send all this stuff out. How did I get? The, how did he get this successful? And we were identifying. We got the niche. He got he got he got focused enough on the niche. He had worked it and built expertise and talent and skill enough to to do something just to make something even just a downloadable thing. He's using Gumroad. You guys don't even know like like how easy it is once you realize you can just upload a digital file to Gumroad and put like say this costs one dollar. And then you can just tweet it out. And if, and if you've engaged an audience, some of them might buy it and you yep. make, make three bucks. Yep. yep. That breaks the seal right there. Yeah, totally. It and makes it so easy to do like these kinds of tools make it so easy. But the, the interesting thing is the thing that's causing him heartache right now are these giant <laughs> yeah. coloring posters. Yeah. They're 70 bucks, which is cool. Like, you know, he's got some cost built in, but yep. he's, he's charging a decent amount for him, which is another good lesson, right? A lot of people, I, I was just talking to some people last Friday who are making this incredible piece of art. It's like these, uh, this is a fizzle member. It's a um, cut, like a, a cut illustration that they wrap into a candle holder sort of thing. Oh, cool. So the candle like shines through where it's been cut out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really interesting, but they're charging $10 a piece for oh, it. Oh, man. Yeah. And they had other things on their website for $3 and $4. Maybe if it's a digital download that you no, print out these yourself. Are physical things that yeah, they're wow. selling. So anyway, he's selling these posters for $70, which is cool. They're four foot by three foot. And he has to ship these things, and that's what's causing yeah. him the heartache and wondering mm -hmm. if he needs to hire somebody. And then I think at the same time, he's also feeling this, um, probably like a, a band with a hit first record feels like, yeah. what am I going to do next? And right. I really don't th want this to be fleeting. Yeah. So that gets to my first point here. And and maybe we'll ask Adam to write a little guest post for us, writing up all the things he did to make it happen or whatever, because yeah. we don't know all those details. but. One thing that uh, that Adam, I if you're to, listening, just put the outline together yeah, exactly. and then send that to us. <laughs> By the way, anybody who wants to get guest posts on big places, you just put the outline together, make it quick and easy for people to read what the takeaway is, and then and then maybe it'll be worthwhile to no. first to publish. do something worth writing about. Mm -hmm. uh, and he has, so there you go. Yeah, um, there's my moment of the week where somebody just went and cried in a bathroom. <laughs> it was a pretty I'm good sorry. show I up until about you. the you're twenty second minute. <laughs> Sassy Please keep Barrett. listening. I love you. <laughs> um, anyways, the first thing I was going to say top. to Adam and other people like Adam in this kind of situation is everything in its proper order. Um, what I sensed a lot of in Adam's posts in the forums was this sense of overwhelm. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh yeah, my God, I got to go ship all these things. And then I got these other hundred things to do. And I got to track down these 30 over here. And I got a product launching in January. And I got to do my taxes by April. And mm. ah, yeah. Christmas. And he's freaking out. Yeah. But- Really, if he just were to, so what I would do if I were in his situation is I would write down everything I think is a priority over the next, whatever, three months, everything is in his brain, because when it's all jumbled up up there, it just feels like the weight of the world. When it gets down on paper, it just looks like a list of items. And then you can start to say, okay, what actually needs to be done right this moment? And some of that goes to Chase's kind of productivity course, the CEO versus worker B mode, and really outlining what the tasks are within each project or whatever. So we can get into some of that, but really it's about getting things on paper and then understanding the real order of priority here. Far and away, the, the most important thing right now is for him to focus on getting these things out the door and make sure the customers who have already paid him are happy because they are the ones who are going to talk about everything he does in the future. So if he wants to make sure that the thing that launches in January is successful, make the people who have already ordered from you happy now and then worry about that part later. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing I would do is everything in its proper order, get everything on paper and put them in the order of priority that they actually, actually need to be executed on. And I'm going to guess that the CPA thing, for example, is going to fall pretty far down the list because taxes aren't due for another few months. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and, but well, I think that the, the fear now, Corbett, you're smart about this. The fear about that is I don't want to screw something up and and pay someone and then have some sort of thing that I have to. So what 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 am I? What can I do in the meantime if I can if I can get a Task Rabbit to help me, for example? If right. there's Task Rabbit in my in my town, that's all organized by Task Rabbit. Right, they handle exactly. all of that, right? Yeah, you're paying them as a contractor, totally off the uh, off the like whatever on their own thing. You're that's like not even a part of your business. Is that correct? Yeah, he's. I think he's worried about the CPA stuff because he wants to make sure that he doesn't hire someone illegally right. or something, yeah. Yeah. Um, or cause him some heartache down the road. Got and it. he, anyone can hire someone. You know, you if if you start operating a business without any legal structure in place or having talked to a CPA, by default you're just operating as a sole proprietor, and you're allowed to hire people let's just be honest i got a little more soul than most proprietors <laughs> <laughs> i didn't say a soul proprietor. 
<laughs> I just need like I four, soul four people in the back just like clapping and dancing. Soul. Yeah. Really put the deepness into it. Uh, so you're legally allowed to hire people. The question is you just have to make sure that uh, you're, you're you know, dotting your I's and crossing your T's. So if you're hiring someone as an employee, then you do have to file the paperwork. You know, you have to collect the I-9. Yeah, as an employee. And, and, and all that kind of but stuff. But most right? of the time you'd just be doing it as a contractor or... Exactly. So as a contractor, you just have to make sure... Um, you don't have to worry about too much if you're especially if you're going through TaskRabbit they handle all of that yeah because mm-hmm. then you don't have to worry about the W2s the W9s or any of that exactly stuff, right? with a, as a contract if you're paying a contractor directly not through TaskRabbit you do need to send what's called a 1099 at the end of the year mm-hmm. which itemizes how much you paid them essentially yeah but then the contractor is obligated to um, actually pay taxes on that yeah so, so I wouldn't worry too much about that but the cool thing is with this when you post in the Fizzle forums. A lot of people come up with really creative solutions, and there were two really good ones that didn't envire, didn't involve hiring someone directly. Mm-hmm. And it, it may be, may this these ideas are probably for later, so maybe he does need to find someone right now. And I think my best advice for that would be find a cousin or a a brother or you know a spouse or somebody who could just help you maybe for some hours, which would be really cool. But down the road, uh, Lindsay was wondering if he couldn't just print and ship these things from a third party. Mm-hmm. There are these printing houses that will print and then you just give them the address and they'll ship it directly. So you don't have to ever touch yeah. the material. And then Marianne, um, another fizzler that I think we've talked about recently, maybe we talked about her in that same episode, 129. Um, she does cocktail cherries and uh, they're great. She mentions that they she had these growing pains. At one point, she had a semi drop off 500 cases of empty jars to her apartment. Imagine how scary that would be. Oof. What am I going to do with these things? <laughs> she just moved all of her inventory to a fulfillment center. Mm-hmm. And this is something we hear over and over again. Our friends who make the Manal bag, yeah. they don't ship, they don't touch the things. They have them uh, manufactured in Vietnam. And last I talked to them, I think they were shipped to Idaho. And then they were fulfilled from there. So mm. if you ramp up fulfillment, you're going to want to have somebody or at least some really good process for doing that. And yeah. that's what's great about this is Adam's got a hit on his hands. You know, Michael Buble probably only sells albums every Christmas because he made Christmas music and people Baby liked it. And that's all people cold. like. But it's a really so good Christmas album. So that's okay. It is a good Christmas <laughs> album. And I bet he makes money on it every wait, year. Wait, wait, wait. Is that your Christmas album that stuff? That is my go-to 100%. Really? It's very basic oh. of me, but yeah. It's good. It's pretty solid. Buble is just so damn charismatic. You just can't. I mean. He really is. You, <laughs> I was looking for a pun, and I couldn't find one on Buble. Commenters, this is your time to shine. Yeah. Right now, we're going to leave this gap right here for you to fill in the gap in the comments. Uh, you're going to find them at fizzleshow.co slash 141. Give me a bu- Buble pun. Yeah, give us a, a Give us a Buble pun. <laughs> Continuing on. Um Adam's got a hit here. He's got a holiday hit. And there's no reason he shouldn't be doing something like this next year, which goes to your point of having a system ready for that so he can get out ahead of this for next holiday season and have a provider ready to do the shipment. And he can go ahead and get out in front of the design and updating the dates on it and whatever else is involved in it, he can get in front of now because this is probably something he can do every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, uh, Marianne's uh, response is really, really great. She's got bullet points and everything. She's been there. So many True. bullet points. I'll add one thing on top of what Barrett just said about how this is a, a hit that, you know, Adam has on his hands. He, you know, glosses over something in the beginning that I think is really important. And from my perspective, being in the community and watching Adam's journey unfold, I would categorize Adam as somebody who is always doing. Like we've talked about Adam before on the show. He's been a worker bee for as long as he's been on my radar. He's always experimenting. He's always taking some action. In the very beginning of this of this snippet that I read, I just to kind of reread it, he said, I started my website the first week of September, started growing my mailing list, and tried out some MVPs to see how they connected with the audience. So what he doesn't say, and I just happen to remember this, if I recall this correctly, I hope I don't butcher it, but he was he created some kind of really low price coloring printables that churches and parents could print. They were selling for like maybe a couple dollars using Gumroad. And he was he would post and he would tell us on Twitter when he was making his first few dollars. So that just gives people background on where Adam started. And, and you know, we talked about this a little a little while back in terms of this, like Adam didn't wake up and have this amazing $25,000 three-week period on his hands. 
He first had to experiment. I think he talked a lot to his customers. He figured out what are they really looking for and how can I connect with them on a deeper level? So this is very much, you know, a product of a lot of work that Adam has put in that hasn't been quite as glamorous. So I think it's really important to point that out too. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good point to to remind us of it because because yeah this doesn't just happen overnight and and I think Adam so, something to be said too I, w- I walked down into our little uh there's this, uh, this cute little shop on on Division Street here in Portland called like Little Atsu all these wonderful little you know cards and <laughs> just all these beautiful tweed design stuff to stay in business I don't know but I asked her I was like how's businessman she's like <laughs> real good really? I'm like does it pick up around Christmas she just looked at me like blank stare she's like do you think it picks up around? Of course it does. This could be our biggest, yeah. this is like our biggest season of the whole year. It pays for the rest of the year. Yeah. This is going to be a thing that Adam could potentially count on in, in like in future years. Like you can make a, a good chunk of change for your whole year in this moment yeah. where a lot of people are taking their foot off the gas and the nature of what you're offering is so seasonal based, right? So one of the points of that is just like, this isn't this rush isn't going to last for forever probably. If it does, awesome. In the meantime, you just keep doing what you're doing and you're grinding it out cuz uh, right right when advent ends, a lot of the products that are being sold on the site are going to stop being uh you know as relevant as they were the week before, you know? Uh, I don't know where you want to where you guys want to go from here. I, I hear the the employee thing we've kind of addressed. You do need help with something like this. This is clearly unsustainable, right? This is something I want people to understand: is that this kind of work, doing it like this, he's already overwhelmed. He's already feeling the stress and the terror of the work that like was supposed to be freedom, but is now like handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very real thing that can happen to you. Uh, this is like the the golden handcuffs uh, sort of metaphor here, where it's like, oh, look, I'm working for myself and making all this money, and I don't have a life because I'm always doing this work. Right. And so, you know, right now, the kind of answer that he doesn't want to hear probably is you just got to tough it out until you're done with this little spurt, and then you need to go back and figure out how to not have this same mm-hmm. thing happen over and over. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because we were talking about freelancing before and mm-hmm. we often say like the secret sauce in freelancing is a process that you have. Right. And oftentimes the first clients that you land become a huge pain in the rear end because you sign up for more than you can handle. And here we have somebody with the physical products business and right. it's the exact same thing. Yeah. And we see this on Kickstarter all the time, right? Totally. Yeah, this is a trend. This is like a, it's a fable on Kickstarter that, you know, you, you do all this work Kickstarter is a marketing platform to get mm-hmm. people excited about what you're doing, help them to understand what it is, help them find out about it when they wouldn't have otherwise. And and so you're like super, super stoked when you're successful in it. But then when the real work kicks in, it happens almost every Kickstarter that they're like, okay, so it's taking a little longer than we thought to <laughs> yeah. get the things back from thing and the place and do the stuff. And it's, and it's just, a, it, it's so common. Yeah. It's so wildly common that, uh, that anybody who's doing this kind of thing is going to feel that yeah, at some totally. point. So These this will help good with problems as they say. Yeah, exactly. So this will help with both hiring and with managing for next time. You've got to focus on process, process, process. You've got to understand the key steps and getting these things done. So you're the only one who's going to be able to do this after you're done, Adam, because you've been the one focused on shipping, printing, all of the stuff that goes into it. But you've got to sit down as soon as this period's over, as soon as you've shipped everything out the door and deconstruct the key steps of what went into this. Because if you don't understand the steps, then you don't understand who to hire and Mm -hmm. what to outsource and all that kind of thing. That's going to be really key. Then I think after that, you want to look at which parts of the process can be batched. So right now you might be running around just processing things as they come in. It's like, oh, last night we got five orders. I got to get them out the door so they get them immediately and whatever. Maybe you only do that twice a week instead. Mm. So looking at which tasks can be batched throughout the week so that the the workload becomes a project in and of itself once or twice a week. As you're documenting these things, you want to be thinking about which of the things that get batched and which of the tasks could potentially be hired for. Mm -hmm. So some things, it just doesn't make sense to hire for them, but others, it's going to make sense to either hire a task rabbit, like we mentioned, outsource them to a fulfillment center, hire your cousin, whatever, to do these things for you. And if you're going to continue to print things and ship things and stuff like that, it's probably helpful to figure out which of the things should be hired out for and which of the things you want to do. And a big part of that is your own motivation. So, you know, what do you want to do? And what do you not want to do? Because the things you should outsource first are the overlap between what you don't want to do and what can be outsourced. And so that's probably a good kind of framework for thinking about what of the work 
should you hire for in the future? Yeah. Yeah, I love. I love, I'm just looking through some of the comments in in this thread, and I love it. Uh, Fizzler named Lindsay says, "Hey, have you thought about these, you know, print on demand type services that will print and ship your stuff?" And Adam's response to Lindsay was like, "You know, some people have talked to me about fulfillment services like that. Which, yes, at this point, even if it was twice as expensive to me as it, it currently it. is, I wish I had gone with it now. <laughs> yeah. um, that's something for for anyone thinking about doing printing sort of stuff or any physical type stuff." You'll be amazed how much you realize the value of those things that feel like, oh my gosh, no, I, I can't afford to do that right now. Yeah, it's really easy in the beginning to nitpick cost, and you and because when you don't know if it's going to be successful or yeah. not, you don't know, right? Yeah. But but once you once and you just, and if you're just doing like twenty of these, then sure, the extra five bucks per order matters totally. But if you're doing several hundred, you don't have the time. And then then, then Lindsay says this. Uh, she she gives them a, a like they're kind of chatting back and forth on this, and at the end she kind of goes, "Hey, do you need help with the email temporarily?" <laughs> I'm taking the rest of the month off uh, of any serious work and would be honored to help you. I'm an absolute star with customer service. So I don't know if they connected on that, but it's just like, how awesome that like this is someone who provided a really great answer to a question that he had. And then it's like, hey, I can help pick, fill, pull in some of the slack so you can spend more time, whatever, putting these tubes together and shipping them off. I can handle the customer support on the email. It's just, it it, it can be so valuable to have this kind of place. I, I've, I've stuck struck by it recently. Like most people who do solo business don't have a single other indie entrepreneur in their life right think about i mean i didn't uh until and it, i mean besides like a few like like maybe like commenting on blogs like you kind of see some of the same faces but in my personal life there was nothing there was nobody yeah. like that right it, i mean where could someone find this kind of like community uh, to get this kind of feedback and support mm. it just seems so valuable like yeah. so helpful you know It'd be really cool if that was mm. a I mean, to my knowledge, something like that doesn't exist. And if it did, it'd probably be thousands and thousands of dollars, right? It certainly wouldn't be like some affordable monthly membership. I mean, I, I would I'd be looking for something, something around the price of like a dollar a day. You know, that's kind of what I'm thinking would yeah. be would be really great. Yeah, mm -hmm. right in that ballpark. Mm -hmm. That would be really Steph, cool. is there anything like that out there? You guys, I have to tell you, it turns out there is something out there that's just what you're looking for. You've got to be kidding Can me. Can you believe it? Are you serious? So... What is it? If you're listening to the show and you still haven't gone to fizzle.co slash try five, you got to go check it out and get five weeks for free of exactly what we're talking about here, training and community to help you figure out how to how to get your thing rolling and how to, you know, if you got questions just like Adam does to help you figure out how to make heads or tails of the crazy stuff we go through as entrepreneurs. That's what Fizzle is for. Here's the thing. We're going to tell people there's a strategy you can employ if you haven't tried Fizzle before to get some incredible stuff. Not you're not just checking this thing out. We have dozens of courses, which I don't know why we sell them for the price that we do, and we give this long free trial because mm -hmm. each individual course could be a hundred dollars or something or yeah, more. Yeah. Uh, in fact, some of the courses we used to sell individually for a <laughs> yeah, hundred dollars yeah. or whatever. And in fact, someone else was selling our courses for a hundred dollars or more on <laughs> Udemy had stolen it. That's right. <laughs> don't save get any that ideas. Save that story because that's that's a good one. We should okay. we should talk about those a holes. Um, <laughs> Anyway, hold on. Are they a holes or yahoos? I just they, want to get clear on that. They sure as <laughs> aren't sole proprietors, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Tell me about the value of our courses. <laughs> I'm not. So here's the thing: you can try Fizzle for five weeks for absolutely free, and even if you have zero intention of staying, just get in and take one of the courses. Right. Yeah. Like take if if you're at the beginning and you don't know, you have like all these ideas swirling around. Take our choosing a topic course yeah. and it will help you systematically walk through and pick one of those ideas so that you can get started and then leave. Like right. you don't even have to stick around. It's yeah. fine, but it's insane. You can sign up for five weeks and take any of our courses. In fact, if you're really studious, you could probably take several of them mm -hmm. without paying us a dime. Yeah. And I'm, I don't, we don't need to bring the race stuff into it. Like with studio, I don't know where the studious people are from, but like, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> no matter where you are from, like it's going to be super helpful to take one of the courses for free. Five weeks is long. So Chase, it's normally two weeks. It would be ethnic, not race, based on where they're from. Mm. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, mm. More like country of origin, I think. Yeah, and that's one of those words that's okay in the UK, but not that's okay true, here. You know, <laughs> that's true, I mean? because a lot of ethnicities can come from one particular place. So we really just drilled down on that one. You're welcome. Uh, so all I'm saying is that it seems like it's a pretty valuable thing for someone to add for about a dollar a day, $35 a month. Yeah. 
That's pretty crazy. Do people want to hear the uh, the Udemy story? Uh, let's save it for another time. Okay. I think it's we'll keep Fine. keep them on the line for that one. That one's good. By the way, I'll come on this show and do a pitch for Fizzle any damn day because I just like it. You're I just at it. I just see people I just see people winning in there, and I'm like, we should do an episode that's like entirely a, almost like a tele telethon <laughs> Dude, totally yeah yeah every like I, for like a whole month out of the year i have to stop listening to npr because it's like if you want to get more great we shows have rick like steves rick come steves <laughs> i really but people out there if you know rick steves he's like my hero he's yeah. become my absolute hero he's great okay so thinking more about adam's uh adam's situation we've got we've got the employee thing we've got the 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 sort of elements of success that have come before this what how to deal with the employee sort of stuff yeah i guess through. another question is um if let's say you're gearing up to do a Kickstarter or, you know, a promotion like Adam did, is there any value in thinking about the best case scenario? A lot, mm. We always encourage people to think about the worst case scenario so that you're prepared for failure, yeah. so that you don't get so down on yourself that you're able to keep going. Mm -hmm. And also just, you know, financially, a lot of people kind of prepare for like a, a, a good scenario, but not necessarily a, a worst case scenario. And they set themselves up for heartache and disappointment. Yeah. Is there any value in thinking through best case scenario and and maybe not just to fantasize about how great it would be to have 25k in your pocket but Well this is what's so hard right the fulfillment of it. It's so hard to think about um when you've never had anything like this before. It's really hard to even picture what a, be a best case scenario would be in yeah. some ways, right? Now Adam when he uh, whatever make some sort of a, a spreadsheet to to guess at what could potentially happen and set less, sort of low and worst and best sort of things. He'll have so much more information to to sort of use in yeah. his in the projections that he makes. Um, whereas I think potentially when you're starting off and you've never printed anything before or sold anything online, you don't know how, how what the reach of your audience is. Right. You know, um, it can be really difficult. So I wouldn't make a difference between those two. But I think your your question about like, hey, what's the best that you can see happening and then what's the worst is really helpful to imagine those two and look at them sort of stoically and going like okay regardless of either one of these i'm still a great person who's loved by my spouse and ha have like i'm not a piece of crap and it's not my fault <laughs> whatever screw you dad um <laughs> whatever it is you got to say to yourself um because you can separate that sense of self-worth from whether or not this is re getting results yeah and It'll help you kind of like to get a little bit of that coldness looking at the results of the thing. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Maybe, and maybe at least so that you're not shocked. The, to take a page from the uh, software world, I wouldn't spend too much. <laughs> Sorry, a page from the software world? It sounds like you're mixing metaphors here. <laughs> How about let's scroll down the software world a little bit there, Tiger. Okay. <laughs> How about click the hypertext link? Let's take some hypertext from the software world. <laughs> and... I wouldn't. I wouldn't spend too much time uh, if if I were Adam or anybody in this situation before you're confronted with needing to ship like thousands of these posters. I wouldn't think to myself, how am I going to you know hire someone and what's the process right. they're going to follow. I might think about fulfillment from the beginning because that makes your life easier. Mm. But in software, when you worry about something that. Uh, if you worry about optimizing something before it's an issue, it's they call it like premature optimization. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Mm -hmm. And. Um, and so you might be doing work that's not ever going to pay off. And so it's a waste. You should be spending time focused on marketing, fo focused on making a better product, yeah. not worrying about the fulfillment stuff, because if it happens, you're just going to have to scramble like this. Right. Yeah. Um, but you can't plan on it because it might The other not. thing, too, is that sometimes getting out in front of things like that uh, might require you to make decisions before it makes sense to make them. So. For example, with the fulfillment thing, let's say he needed to have 2,500 posters before they're willing to do fulfillment or mm -hmm. something like that. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, even at $25,000 in revenue here, he didn't sell 2,500 of these things. Right. So it might not have been worth it even considering this best case scenario to start thinking and spinning the wheels on, oh, well, if I sell this many of them, you know, should I be doing fulfillment, yeah. outsourced fulfillment, and how many do I need to order and stuff like that? It might just be a waste of time and money and energy and all of that. Yeah. So I think it's it's good to imagine the best case scenario because I think it makes it more likely to happen. It makes it more likely you're going to put the work in required to get there. Mm. And also, you know, on some level, it's just like, hey, cherish this. This doesn't happen that often. You don't get this runaway success that's unexpected all that often. Yeah. And yeah, you got to run to the post office a hundred times, but there's value in the learning that comes from this stuff. And sometimes unplanned success you look back on that as some of the most fun times that you had or the most interesting times you've had in your career or your business. 
And it's really hard to realize that in the moment when it feels like stress. Mm. But if you can zoom out a little bit and look at it like, wow, man, this is pretty cool. Like I'm running a successful business right now. I just made a bunch of money. Mm. I'm shipping things to real people who cared enough to pay me $70 for a poster. Yeah. This is pretty awesome. You know, I'm going to look back at this and be happy about it. Then sometimes that helps to embrace what's going on in this moment, which might suck, you know, waiting in line at the post office. Yeah. Right. Steph, what what are uh, what are we still missing in Adam's question, do you think? So I think the last thing for us to maybe talk about and give some perspective on is to zoom out from this just a little bit further. So one thing that Barrett mentioned that I want to just come back to, he mentioned that Adam might be feeling a little bit like a one hit wonder, possibly, you know, trying to figure out how he's going to get to that minimum viable income beyond just this special holiday time, mm. right? Because Christmas is going to come and people aren't going to be buying this particular product anymore. He mentions he's going to kind of have to go back to the drawing board for January and come up with something different. So we've talked about the fizzle roadmap on the show before, right? How there's three different phases. The first phase is all about honing your business idea, understanding your audience, getting yourself set up to do business. And then the second phase is all about growing your audience, you know, tweaking the product to get it to the point where people want it, increase sales, and ultimately go through this cycle that that involves getting yourself to the point where you are making a more steady income over time versus mm. the up and down that Adam might be feeling right now. So I'm kind of wondering what you guys think, you know, for people who are resonating with this, who might feel like they're straddle they're straddling the line between like, I've had some early success, but I'm not sure how I'm going to keep it up over time. What do they need to do to keep, you know, I don't know, going through that cycle of audience, product, and money that we talk about in that phase two in order to get to a more stable place in the new year? Good questions. Yeah, good questions. Good the first thing I'd say is, is like, trust your creative potential. The reason that this happened is because you were good at something, because mm -hmm. it resonated with people. You created something that people wanted. And if you can do that once, you can do it again. It doesn't mean you will do it again, but it means you're definitely capable of it. And I think you have to instill that belief in yourself to have any fighting chance. Elizabeth Gilbert had so much fear related to writing a second book after Eat, Pray, Love. It was like, oh my God, this thing is a ridiculous success. It got made into a movie with a famous person acting as the lead actress. And you know, what am I going to do here? Was that a good movie? Uh, did, was, did anybody a, see it? It was interesting. It's, yeah, a, so it's I, a better book. It. It's a better book, book than movie. It was, it was a good mm -hmm. couples movie. Okay. I enjoyed watching it with Nicole. Um, but anyways, <laughs> continuing on. Um, Glad you didn't say chick flick. No, mm -hmm. it was a good couples movie. Mm -hmm. There, are, there are compromises we can all. Make I don't on see gender, for. so I don't even know what chick flick um, means. <laughs> so yeah, you have to believe that um, the effort is worth it, regardless of whether the next thing is as much of a hit as this one, no matter what, and that your creative potential is not going to change based on the success of future projects. And so you have to go into it with that. I think with this belief that both you're you have the potential to do it again, and that the quality of the work the value that you feel from that work is not tied to this mm. exact thing happening a second or third or fourth yeah. time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess um, Steph's question was partly about how do you get to stability and right. sustainability in this business? And I don't know that Adam, he doesn't even know if he has it yet or not because mm -hmm. he just went through one product cycle. Right. Mm. He knows for a fact that he probably won't sell um, advent calendars right. like a month from now. Right he'll be able to sell them again next year and he can probably gear up and do an even bigger sale than he did this time, which mm -hmm. is which is a really cool thing to think about. But now he needs to start thinking about two options. One mm -hmm. is you could um, try to put string together a bunch of seasonal products. Yep. So Easter would be yep. like the next major one probably that'd right. be coming up. He could, he could try to do that throughout the year or he could next try to layer on something that's going to be more consistent for him month over month. And... Um, I, I think either could be good because he just went through this process with the advent calendars and it's very seasonal. He might have a, a good shot at making that work again for something else that's mm -hmm. similar like Easter. But um, stability is also nice on a monthly basis. And yeah. so, you know, maybe because Easter comes around in April, mm -hmm. it's four months away, maybe spend some time thinking about some other interim project that he can do, then put all of his eggs in the Easter basket. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> he was so excited for it. He was so excited. He saw that like seven minutes ago. <laughs> no, no. I saw it. I saw that. Amazing. I like how this whole show just turned into a dad cast. <laughs> I literally didn't see that until the word put all of his came out of my mouth. <laughs> Listen, look at Barrett. You broke his brain. <laughs> 
He's just oh. clapping. Oh. Oh man! Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> that was good. Oh, so I loved that. That was horrible. No, that was great. I want to paint those eggs. <laughs> so just focus on that, and then, uh, and then after that, look for. He probably won't have other seasonal opportunities after that, or I don't know. Well, it depends. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm looking through the uh, the through the liturgical calendar year, and I'm just like, okay, let's think about it. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, there's ways to split it up and look at different denominations, the Episcopal, Episcopalians yeah. and the Catholics, uh, and then like in like the different things. That's that, true. Yeah, that's true. There are there are other things. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, and I guess yeah, you've got Ash Wednesday. And, well, that all leads. And up so to, over mm-hmm. time, though, I think you want to combine those two. You want to have these these kind of seasons. By the way, are we like the worst people in the world who are just helping Adam just like <laughs> just like you? Use religious religious calendar events to make money. <laughs> oh, we all have to make a living. You wouldn't be the first one to do it, Adam. Well, I think too, like you know, you have to. I assume that with Adam having gone into this space, he believes that his work uh, brings people closer to their faith. I have to believe that that's why he's doing it because. Otherwise, I don't feel that enthusiastic about helping him, but I think he does. He's got a good heart behind it. He's got the right. Oh man, I think he's so. got a great heart. You know, I'm I'm feeling his heart. I'll tell you what. I'm looking at his website. I'm feeling his heart. Uh-huh. That's for damn yeah. sure. Um, pardon my French. I don't mm-hmm. mean to curse. Um, <laughs> so the thing about this is, is it's just so strong. Is you know, not only does it bring people closer to their faith, it brings p- people closer to one another, right? Because there ain't nothing like sitting at the you know the kitchen table or wherever you can spread out a big old poster of advent calendar of some kind and some. Get some, you know, colored pencils with your your daughter and your son, maybe your grandfather around the table. Everybody's just just f-ing coloring. Shit. God, I can't keep it. I'm sorry. Did that? Did I say that out loud? Well, I'm just gonna let this one go. Yeah. <laughs> no, but really though, I mean, what Adam is doing is he's helping children better understand what's going on during the holiday season, which can be a very right. confusing time, full of Santa Claus and all kinds of other things. So I think the work that he's doing, I'll say, I think the work that he's doing for kids is is very, very important for families. So. I, I think that he's got he's got something there that's actually valuable. I mean it seriously as a as a dad, it's like having things to color with Aiden as a way of telling a story is absolutely like mind bending. It that's just yeah. it as breaks a teaching tool or whatever. It it just breaks everything else down and just makes it so much better. So yeah. if Adam's next business is teaching people how to take advantage of Christianity to make money, you know, maybe we've got a different conversation. But for now, I think we're going to assume the best. So I, I think. Given that you you want to see the business evolve over time, so that you have both seasonal opportunities and ongoing opportunities, yeah. and you can imagine, you know, if you look at the products area of his website in the future, there's going to be like a holidays area, maybe, and then a, a year round kind of area or something like that, where you could help people understand the difference. And maybe he does, you know, if he's if he's doing something for Catholics, maybe Catholics really want a way to help teach their kids about saints, mm. and so you've got a whole saints series that. Mm-hmm. you know, has the saint's name and, and what that saint represents and then a big coloring area and a landscape or whatever. Yeah. And so you've got this ongoing series because kids are always learning about saints or, or whatever. Maybe mm-hmm. that appeals to people who are going through confirmation. No, that actually, it's, it's a actually saint, a great, so. that's a great uh, idea because what, what, what it actually is to me, the, the larger, the larger umbrella that this, uh, that this is sort of underneath is the way of, t- of creating uh, a coloring experience that tells a story mm-hmm. that teaches yep. something, right? So there's a lot of things worth teaching yep. to yep. a three to seven year old or whatever, or, or like, you know, one to nine year old, whatever the sweet spot is, a lot of things worth teaching. And so you can kind of almost make a little kid's journey map of the mm-hmm. things that they have to learn. It's true. And he doesn't have to just stick to religion. I mean, if right. he wanted, if, and I'm sure there's plenty of yeah. ground uh, for him to, to tread on there, but he could eventually branch out and do something else if he finds out, as Steph was asking, how do I get to stability? That's where this just turned into like a really big company to me in some ways, right? Because it's like it's like this is this is one branch of it. Another branch of it has mo- has more of a literacy angle. Another branch of it has more of a like you know popular stories like Grimm's fairy tales, like public domain stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. That yeah. you are kind of like uh, popular movies it gets really challenging because then you have copyright and all this other stuff. Yep. But um, but like how to tie your shoes and how to share. And, you know, all that <laughs> yeah. Kind of stuff. Exactly. Maybe, or whatever. Who totally. Knows? And because for me as a parent, you're always looking for activities to do that like are like actually kind of fun to do together. And and there's like, honestly, you roll out a big, big old poster and you watch my son's eyes light up as I say, like, right all over. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? It's very different from like a piece of paper or a little thing That's in a book. True. It's just like, whoa. He's like, you got to get what? on the ground for that. <laughs> yes, yeah. Seriously. It's a big deal. Yep. 
Uh, okay. Well, I mean, that, I think I think we've we've kind of like given Adam a lot to think about. I yeah. think anybody else who's who's thinking about doing a business like this or potentially just about to start, um, there's a lot. What I love about this example is how literally a solo person has created with his, his own like creativity and a few uh, a few pieces of software online, like whatever uh, Squarespace and Gumroad is able to do something that literally nobody could have done by themselves five years and ago. And he literally just combined his skills, mm-hmm. illustration, with his interests, teaching yep. kids about you know his religion, yep. um, with something that people are looking for, yep. you know, and just match those three things up and, and magic happens. It's totally it. magic. So, uh, any, Steph, anything else that we're missing here, you think? No, I mean, I think just last thoughts in terms of the conversation we were just having about stability and how to how to go from here. Adam does a really nice job and he always has done a, a nice job talking to his customers and understanding what they really like about the product, what they were disappointed in, what they what they would have liked to see more of. So since he's really had this big success and he's had a lot of purchases, I think as he goes into the new year, it's an awesome opportunity to do some customer interviews and get an understanding straight from the horse's mouth. What is it that these people are looking for from a more, you know, aside from holidays, like on a day to day basis with their kids, what is it that they really mm. need? So I think that that's yeah. a great opportunity that Adam has and anyone who has a surge in customers should definitely take advantage of. Yeah, I like it. I've got nothing else to add. You guys, Corbett? Just keep putting those eggs in your Easter basket. Oh my goodness. Barrett, anything? No, I think this is, I just want to reiterate the fact that this is what we do the work for. Mm. This is why you become an entrepreneur. It's to end up doing this kind of work, to end up in this kind of situation. And it's so easy to imagine that it'll be different, that it'll be easy, that it'll make your life better immediately. But this is the work that leads over time to your life being better, to the business being interesting, to the growth that you want to see over time, to being able to serve multiple industries or denominations or whatever way he takes it. And so it's something to be enjoyed. It's something Mm -hmm. to be interested in. It's something to uh, pay attention to and celebrate. Exactly. And I think if there's one message to take away from this, it's like, hey, congrats. Learn from it. Get better at it. Enjoy it. Adam, maybe you can help us uh, make a, a coloring book version of this of the of this conversation mm. that we can all print out. I want to see what the soul oh, man. <laughs> It's just like a tracing of when we do our shaft. When we do our <laughs> sketch comedy show, that's gonna be one of the recurring characters. <laughs> totally. Oh, it's perfect. All right, I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Barrett Brooks. I've been Steph Crowder. And we'll see you there. Oh, we'll see you on another time. I'm the sole proprietor, and I'm here to party. Give me what you got, and don't be too naughty. It's Christmas time, but that don't mean that I ain't gonna look at the list twice. I don't know why I went to the list. So, there you have it. Thanks, Adam, for bringing your story to the Fizzle Forums. We love hearing from you guys. Show notes for this episode can be found at fizzleshow.co slash 141. That's where you can find links to Adam's site, as well as a bunch of other stuff that we talked about in this episode, including, number one, that trailer of Yodorowsky's Dune, which is so good. And number two, if you haven't yet, there's a link to uh, a video we made on the CEO and worker B modes that every sort of small business person has to bounce between. It's really, really helpful construct for thinking about how to do more productive type things without completely losing your mind when you're running your own business. All of that, again, at fizzleshow.co slash 141. And if you haven't yet, get on the email list there. We'll send you our uh, new business kit um, uh, or, or one of our free guides as well as just email you every Friday when we put out a new episode. Here's an iTunes rating from Nurse Keith. In the U.S. of A., Nurse Keith says, Hello to the good folks of Fizzle. I was introduced to the show by my podcast co-host and business partner, and it has, as the saying goes, changed my life. Nurse Keith continues, Y'all, sorry, my wife is a ninth-generation Texan, are like comical, super-smart friends who are walking along the entrepreneurial journey with me, laughing all the way. Thanks for being there, and please keep doing what you do. It has meaning for many of us, and we're so grateful. Oh, 
Nurse Keith, speak it right to my heart. Uh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Our goal here, as you know, is to help you make progress on your business every single week. That's the thing. Make progress on your business every single week. Just, a, just It can be a baby step. just has to be a step this week. So if you leave us an iTunes review, uh, it kind of kind of helps us do that because it helps us reach more people. And the more people we reach, the more, <laughs> the more viable this show is as an ongoing thing for us because it takes quite a bit of work. So uh, in lieu of becoming a Fizzle member, which is, as we said, a dollar a day uh, but some some people can't afford that so maybe you can just leave us an iTunes review I'd love to hear your voice I'll read it out on the air hopefully make me giggle would you listen here is a uh, little benediction at the end of this from uh, the poet the Irish poet John, John O'Donohue Jonathan O'Donohue he says may your work fit the rhythms of your soul enabling you to draw from the invisible new ideas and a vision that will inspire. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday. <laughs>